0: Chapter twenty four of Who Did It by Nat Gould. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. TRIED AND CONVICTED The trial of Eli Spence and his mates took place at Darlinghurst before the Chief Justice of the colony. It was regarded as an important case, and the Crown was anxious to secure a conviction. During the shearing season there had been several acts of incendiarism, and as the culprits had escaped each time, the conviction of Eli Spence and the other men was eagerly sought for. The prisoners had no grounds of defence. They were caught red-handed at Munda, and Edward Bryce, Wyndham Hanworth, Wideawake, Sergeant Tyler, and others testified to the men in the dock having committed the outrage. There had been some difficulty about Wideawake's evidence. At first he had declined to give his real name, but eventually he said he was known many years ago as Joel Chester. When Eli Spence heard the name, he was evidently surprised. He looked as though he had heard it before. To no other man present did Wide Awake's acknowledgment that his name was Joel Chester convey any meaning, but Eli Spence recognised it. Wide Awake looked straight at Eli Spence as he gave the name of Joel Chester and saw him start on behalf of the prisoners tom dow gave evidence he said what he could in their favour but it amounted to very little he had to acknowledge the men were not in the shearers camp at the time of the attack on munda mrs warden also gave evidence as to the prisoners being at the kangaroo and stated that she did not think they would have had time to reach munda she was severely cross-examined and before the legal gentleman had done with her she heartily wished she had never left the West to come to Sydney. The jury were not long in coming to a decision. Their verdict against all the prisoners after a quarter of an hour's consideration was one of guilty. The Chief Justice, in sentencing the men, gave his opinion of the desperate nature of their crime, which he said tended to alienate any sympathy that might exist for the shearers. He pronounced Eli Spence to be a dangerous ruffian who would not stop at murder even to gain his own vile ends such a man was a standing menace to the maintenance of law and order and life and property must be protected from such men he sentenced eli spence to fourteen years penal servitude and the other prisoners who had evidently been led on by eli spence to ten years each such exemplary sentences had their due effect and although severe THE GENERAL FEELING WAS THAT IT SERVED THEM RIGHT. THE PRISONERS WERE STAGGERED WHEN THEY HEARD THE SENTENCES, AND ELI SPENCE MUTTERED SOMETHING TO THE EFFECT THAT HE WOULD LIKE TO SEE THE JUDGE STRUCK DEAD ON THE BENCH. BUT THERE WAS MORE TO FOLLOW THIS TRIAL IN THE CASE OF ELI SPENCE. SERGEANT TAYLOR HAD SEEN THE EFFECT THE MENTION OF WIDE AWAKE'S NAME HAD UPON ELI SPENCE. He saw Wide Awake when the prisoners were removed from the court, and requested him to give him Eli Spence's reason for being startled at the name of Joel Chester. At first, Wide Awake was reticent, but after some persuasion, he said that his brother, Joseph Chester, had been mixed up in a case of robbery in San Francisco, in which Eli Spence had been ringleader. To shield his brother, and more especially to save the family name from disgrace, Wide Awake, who was very much like joseph chester had permitted himself to be arrested in his stead eli spence who was in the police at the time was discharged from the force owing to some irregularities on his part and managed to leave the country before his connection with the bank robbery was discovered wide awake as he may still be called communicated with his brother joseph chester who also left san francisco at the trial the evidence against wide awake who gave an assumed name was not sufficient to convict him, but he felt keenly the disgrace that had been put upon him, and he resolved not to disclose his real name again. He said that he should not have disclosed it at the trial, but he could not resist the temptation to see what effect it had upon eli Spence, and moreover he had heard his brother was dead. but why did you stand your trial in place of your brother, said Sergeant Tyler because he was young and had been led away by a lot of scoundrels and i wish to give him another chance said wide awake and did his conduct after this justify what you had done for him asked tyler now i am sorry to say it did not said wide awake but i can say no more on that subject the name of chester was not branded with infamy in the bank robbery case but since that time owing to my brother's actions i have been ashamed even to own to myself that my name was joel chester do you still think eli spence had a hand in henry bryce's death asked tyler yes i know the man well when he heard my name was joel chester he understood that i had known about his past life in san francisco but what connection has eli spence's life in frisco to do with henry bryce's death asked tyler you heard my story at munda said wide awake i have very little to add to it eli spence was at mr bryce's election meeting that night it's a clue for you to go upon the manner in which henry bryce met with his death is mysterious and resembles the method used by eli spence and others of the highflyer gang in frisco sergeant tyler thought for a few moments and then said i must see eli spence before he leaves darlinghurst i would try and see him now wide awake said what you propose to do a little plan of my own i want to work out if they will let me sergeant tyler left wide awake and went to the governor of the jail what passed between them need not be related it suffices to say that the governor said at the conclusion of the interview it's a clever plan tyler if it succeeds you will beat the detectives on their own ground sergeant tyler went straight from the jail to wyndham hanworth's studio where luckily he found not only the artist but edward bryce you here sergeant said ted bryce in surprise yes i've come to borrow the painting of herbert golding the first one i mean he said whatever do you want it for asked ted i'm going to bait a trap with it said tyler explain what you mean said ted bryce don't talk in riddles i've just left the governor of the jail said tyler my plan I have explained to him, and he thinks the idea clever. It might not be fair in an ordinary case, but in a matter of this kind it is admissible. I want that picture to confront Eli Spence with. Ted Bryce and Wyndham Hanworth looked at the constable in amazement. Will you permit me to take it to Darlinghurst? asked Tyler. Certainly, said Wyndham. But what has Eli Spence got to do with it? Listen for a few moments, and I will explain said the constable my idea is this i may be wrong but it is feasible herbert golding we think knows something about the murder of your father mr bryce we saw how startled he was when he looked at that picture and also how he collapsed when mr hanworth alluded to the murder now from this i gather that if herbert golding did not commit the deed he may have seen it committed yes yes exclaimed ted bryce excitedly go on tyler i fancy i see what you're driving at if herbert golding saw your father murdered said tyler he would probably look as horrified as he does in that painting now presuming eli spence murdered your father mind it's only a supposition on somewhat flimsy evidence and he encountered herbert golding afterwards he would recognise the portrait as that of the man who had seen him commit the deed both herbert golding and eli spence were at your father's meeting that night it may be that eli spence followed your father intending to rob him and finding him able to make a desperate resistance he struck him a violent blow on the head mr bryce may have fallen into the water and eli spence if he was the man would thus be unable to rob him finding what he had done meant murder the man probably ran away and he may have encountered herbert golding it's an ingenious theory said ted bryce but surely herbert golding would have attempted to stop the man or raised a cry of alarm he may have had a reason for not doing so said tyler in that case if he thought mr bryce's death would be to his advantage he would let the murderer escape rather than risk a rescue ted bryce knew herbert golding had very good reasons for wishing henry bryce out of the way had not his unfortunate father hinted to mr sellers that he had found herbert golding out and perhaps had given his partner to understand such was the case i fear herbert golding had every reason to wish my father out of the way he said that makes my theory more practicable said tyler if herbert golding saw mr bryce knocked into the water and the murderer ran into him as he hurried away there will probably be a look of horror on Golding's face similar to that in the picture. If Eli Spence is the man, he will show considerable alarm when he sees that portrait. If my idea be correct, he will know it is the face of the man who saw him kill Henry Bryce at the moment he recognizes the portrait will be the time to wring a confession of his crime from him if he has committed one. There were evidently no witnesses of the murder. With the exception of Golding, because had there been so, the police would have come across them before this. If it is as I surmise, Herbert Golding and Eli Spence will not be known to each other by name, but the features of each other will be familiar to the other. If Eli Spence recognises Herbert Golding's portrait, then Herbert Golding must be brought face to face with Eli Spence. It is not a very complicated matter when you come to work it out now you've explained it to us said ted bryce i must congratulate you you reason soundly and you've formed a perfectly feasible theory wide awake gave me a wrinkle or two said tyler he firmly believes eli spence had a hand in the affair from something he heard in the shearers camp when do you want the painting to try your experiment said wyndham hanworth at once said tyler and i should like both yourself and mr bryce to be present when eli spence sees it i am commencing to think my time has not been wasted after all said wyndham i thought when i was painting herbert golding's portrait it was a waste of energy and a most uncongenial occupation we have no time to lose said sergeant tyler let us go at once to darlinghurst the first painting of herbert golding was carefully wrapped up and tyler took it with him in a hansom to darlinghurst Wyndham Hanworth and Ted Bryce followed in another hansom and both were eagerly anticipating the result of Sergeant Tyler's plan. End of chapter twenty four.